Hi everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Pub Table, where we talk about the paranormal at a pub table. I'm Jeff. And I'm Linda. And uh, you may, those of you who are watching the video portion of this podcast, uh, you may be able to see us a little better. Yeah. A little bit off topic. Uh, I installed some track lighting here. Yeah. And I gotta say, this track lighting, um, it was quite a task to install it. It was. It's a little brighter than I was hoping. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure... <laughs> Yeah, a little bit in, a, in your Seen face. Us. Yeah, I'm not sure seeing us in the light uh, like this is a good thing. It is for me. Perhaps for you, perhaps. For you. Maybe not for me. <laughs> Maybe I should just kind of turn mine off. That would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But uh, our question of the week this week mm-hmm. is, is Bigfoot real? This oh. is a question that, uh, and it's another thing. We've talked about entities before that people believe in. Uh, mm-hmm. Such as spirits and stuff, but then there's other ones that people are like, uh, yeah, I'm not like quite aliens. as open to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bigfoot does Bigfoot exist? Now, when right. we pose this question, these aren't always questions we can answer. They're questions we can give you our opinion on and what we theorize. Yes, exactly. But we'd love to hear what you think as well. Right. Uh, so make sure you chime in with that in the comments. Now, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts if someone was to ask you, do you believe that Bigfoot? is real what would you say absolutely uh this is one of the things that i'm interested in almost as much as i am ghosts um the fascination with species that are um undiscovered yet undiscovered by science and i really do think that bigfoot is not necessarily just something metaphysical um, you know, something something that is spiritual that is able to transfer between different dimensions. Um, I'm kind of of the school of thought that that Bigfoot is gigantopithecus. You know, I, I took an anthropology class in college, and as soon as we started talking about gigantopithecus, I said, "This is Bigfoot," and I really believe that it is one of those things that survived. The Ice Age um, that was somehow able to uh, to survive through all of that and basically still survives today. Now, for those of us that didn't take anthropology in high school and yes. we have no idea what a gigantopithecus is, <laughs> is uh, right, and, and that for one, and why do you think Bigfoot is one of these? There are a lot of similarities, I have to say. Gigantopithecus was one of those creatures that is uh, a humanoid creature. It is somewhere on the evolutionary scale between humans and, um, let's say, you know, um, cavemen, for lack of a better term, you know. It's one of those creatures that is known to be the size of a Bigfoot. It is supposedly, you know, six foot eight. Seven foot tall, seven foot two, right in that range. Um, they have the same bone structure. They have found bones that be- they believe belong to a Gigantopithecus, and they study the skull structure. And you can tell by basically forensic reconstruction the way that these things would have looked. So they've taken the skull. Uh, they put all of these things. That's it's like actually a flesh depth. Um, you know, all over the face. Um, the face has different points where different depths of your flesh uh, are supposed to exist. Of course, this is, uh, it varies by culture and by, you know, the 
the race of the person, but it's just a guide. And when this is something that they do with uh, forensic reconstruction, whenever somebody, they find a skeletal remains of somebody, they take the skeletal remains, they take the skull in particular, and place these markers all over in these particular locations. And oftentimes they are erasers. They use pieces of cut eraser and they'll use an exact length to indicate the depth of the skin in that particular point. And then somebody who is a an artist comes back with clay and they reconstruct the face. And when they've done this, they have discovered that this is a very... Um, very ape-like creature in the facial facial structure. It's deep-set eyes, a very strong, prominent brow. Um, you know, the forehead, kind of very sloping forehead, uh, sort of pointed in the top of the head, of the crown of the head, more so than the normal humans nowadays are. And that's what a Gigantopithecus is. It's one of those creatures that looks exactly what people, like what people describe as a Bigfoot today. And, um, it's fascinating. It's, you know, you can't really, you can't really think about what exactly this person would be, whether they'd be covered in flesh or just flesh and hair, you know, uh, because that's not something you can predict with forensic reconstruction. But it stands to reason because of the, you know, Cro-Magnon period and the fact that this is somewhere on the evolutionary scale between the two, between us and them, that it would be covered with more hair than what we are. Right, right. Now, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, uh, you know, I'm open to the possibility of anything existing. Uh, right. I've seen some crazy things. I've heard quite a few reports. Yeah. And Bigfoot is something that we do get reports about, perhaps mm -hmm. not as many as spirits and probably not right. even as many as aliens. But we get a lot of people that do say, I've encountered Bigfoot. Yes. Uh, or I've seen what I think was Bigfoot, usually out on a hunting trip. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's people that live kind of not really off the grid, but they live out there in the country oh, away from everyone else. absolutely, yes. Up in the mountains. And uh, one of the questions, one of the things that skeptics have said about Bigfoot is they said, look, if, if this creature does exist, mm -hmm. why has no one ever really discovered remains of yeah. Bigfoot? There's a very good explanation for that. Um, bears exist, and bears are one of those things that you don't find skeletal remains of, ever. Um, you know, in, in studying forensics, this has a lot to tie into the paranormal field. And it's crazy because, you know, you can, you can discover that skeletons, that, that creatures like that, like, like humans and like bears, actually like their their flesh and everything that it de decomposes off of them decomposes much quicker than you would anticipate. Now, of course, there are environmental factors that are involved. Uh, the temperature outside, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, the presence of bloat flies and things like that, bot flies, I think they call them, um, you know, certain, certain environmental factors. But you find that human remains, as well as things like bears and other large animals, Everything decomposes much faster than you would anticipate. And the reason also has to do with the local wildlife. Um, anything that has fallen dead is going to be picked apart by scavengers. You're going to find um, things like, you know, um, 
just raccoons and and other kinds of creatures out there in the forest that are going to come and they're going to grab the bones, right? Typical of a of a pack sort of mentality. You find something and you take it and you run off with it. And that's the kind of thing they don't want any of the other creatures to have it. So they're going to run off with it. They're going to take that bone with a little bit of flesh still left on it. And they're going to run off a distance to where they feel like they can eat this thing without being affected or being bothered by the other members of their group or their family or their pack. And that's what happens with Gigantopithecus or with Bigfoot bones, I imagine. Um, And if not that, supposedly these creatures are very intelligent from what I've read. That's exactly what I was getting to say. I was going to say, you know, one thing I would think is the level of intelligence with a Bigfoot. Now, some reports that we've heard, uh, it seemed like they had quite a high level of intelligence. Absolutely. And if these animals, or I'm not sure if they'd be classified as animals, if these humanoids um, do, in fact, care for their dead, Mm -hmm. perhaps bury them. Right. If you think back in the times before uh, white man was ever here. Yes. And... Yes. You know, Native Americans roamed the area. Right. They would bury their dead. They Absolutely. didn't have people that would chisel away tombstones with the dates and the names of yes. them. Sometimes it would just be rocks. Right. And even piles of rocks. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I'd like to bring about is we went to this really cool investigation. Yeah. And you, you can watch the video on our YouTube channel. It's called Burial Mounds in the Woods. Oh, yeah. And we went out to this place that had... Uh, what was typical of Native American burial mounds. Mm-hmm. And these were mounds of rocks. They had one that was like quartz, I believe, that was right. in the center. And, uh, you know, according to old legends, they these quartz would be placed there so the spirits of warriors could, I believe it was leave the grave. I'd, I'd have to look back in the research because it was some time... Right. It was, uh, you're correct. Since we did this and I actually read about it. Yeah, so the spirit could leave the body from the Right, grave. right. But the thing that was interesting about this particular case, and I, I'm sure there's many more like it, mm-hmm. is that these burial mounds, they weren't found anywhere near where tribes that did that type of burial were known to inhabit. Right. They were found in, a, in I believe it was Spotsylvania, okay? Yeah. Now, that, was now that being said, like, sure, maybe these tribes that did do the burial mounds maybe wandered up in there and it just wasn't documented at some mm-hmm. point. But what if these were indeed Bigfoot graves? Mm. It's an interesting thing to think about. Because it is. If, if Bigfoot is out there, if he is intelligent, and he is going ahead and, and burying the dead. Right. It's not going to be a typical cemetery. No, definitely not. And it's, I really would find it hard to believe that a Bigfoot who spends its entire life trying to hide from humans would mark its grave with something that would be recognizable by humans, though. And I say that because, um, you know, they're going to bury their, bury their dead in, in, in a grave that is going to be sort of incognito. And um, another story that I've heard, and I don't know exactly where this came from, is that uh, there are certain tribes here, certain Native American tribes, that would bury their dead not underground. They bury them in trees. And this is fascinating because they say that that is exactly how the Bigfoot bury them. They take and create some sort of a natural platform up between two branches. And 
find a place where they can lay the bones or lay the dead. And supposedly, I don't know whether this gets them closer to, you know, the sky gods or whatever it is that they believe in, but um, I've heard that that's how they actually dispose of their dead. And in this case, with the quartz rock in there, these graves were not large enough to contain uh, the bones and of, of a, a Bigfoot, really. They were more like human-sized bones. And the graves that we found were reminiscent of what they found in other areas of the country, a couple of other areas. But these are things that are go back not just to the Native Americans as we found them when we kind of came in, came into this country. We're talking about ancient Indians. Uh, the ancient Indians were the ones who created these rock piles. Uh, but there is so much that is of, of legend and folklore that's integrated between Bigfoot and Native Americans. We don't know what they've learned from the Native Americans, uh, what the Native Americans may have learned from the species that they call the old man of the forest. Right. Now, that's interesting that you mentioned that because yes. ancient is the key word here. It now, you, you said, you know, Bigfoot, if they do want to elude us, right. they may not exactly mark their graves. Yes. But what if these were ancient? And we, how long has Bigfoot been here? Perhaps as long as any man has. Yes, maybe What if longer. back then... This was off the grid, and they weren't really concerned with being found. Right. And, and let me ask you this. Have you ever heard any reports of Native Americans mm -hmm. that mentioned something similar to this creature? Absolutely. Uh, there are, I would venture to say, hundreds of legends told by different Native American tribes all over the United States. They talk about these creatures in the sense that they are something of the forest, that is not to be messed with. Um, you stay away from them. You leave them alone. Um, in some of these stories, you actually find the Native Americans telling you that these creatures would come out of the forest and would kidnap the women and children and take them off. They said that these creatures would eat the children and that they would take the women off and they would breed with the women. Now, these were stories as some from some other source that I've heard. These were stories that... Are, are these Native American sources? Or yes. Like they, ancient Native American or like today Native American? No, these are more modern Native Americans. We're talking about the ones where, you know, pe white people would have been caught in contact with them and would have, would have been able to hear these stories. But you have to consider that this was a protected creature by many Native American tribes. They saw these things as something that was not to be messed with. And... In order to keep, uh, like, in order to keep the settlers away from this culture of people that lived in the forest, they would tell them stories like this to scare the hell out of them. Because if you think about these people and it's like, oh, God, you know, the pioneers are saying, oh, God, there's these, you know, hairy creatures that come out of the forest and eat our children. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to go searching for these things. That brings about an interesting point, though. I mean, do you think that? Perhaps the only reason the Native Americans talked about Bigfoot was not because he actually exists, but because they wanted to keep the settlers away. I don't think so. Um, I, I think in a lot of senses, Native Americans are not very forthcoming with information about things like that from their folklore and their legends um, when it comes to to informing the settlers and the Caucasians of that day 
about what they experience. Um, I think that this is a situation where you have Native Americans to become very friendly with some of the settlers are very friendly with people. And, and um, only after a certain amount of time, they would explain something like this. Um, nowadays, we have lots of stories like that uh, because there's lots of Native Americans that are very friendly. So the reports of Bigfoot eating these people. Children. Do you, So you're saying that was probably fabricated? Fabricated by the Native Americans in order to keep the settlers from going into the into the forest and searching so for they them. were they were trying to keep bigfoot safe they were okay that makes sense now because if bigfoot did eat them and breed with them would that classify bigfoot as a cannibal it uh, would in a sense because i mean they're not really people and, yeah you know and i could people go do people i mean if they found bigfoot do you think they would have eaten him well yeah i mean no I mean, I wouldn't eat Bigfoot. I wouldn't eat Bigfoot no. either. No, I mean, I you know you get that hair stuck between your teeth I, I mean, and stuff I, like like no joke. Like I, I, <laughs> people go out there and they want to shoot Bigfoot, and there's all these stories about right. shooting them. You don't know, don't do that. No, that's don't a bad that. idea. That's a bad idea. <laughs> but I mean, like I say, with everything, if if it's jerky, I'll eat it. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying like yes. I'm not condoning hunting Bigfoot or killing Bigfoot, but like. We tried an exotic jerky challenge not too long ago. Right. And our, our mentality was, <laughs> look, I mean, this is already jerky. It's already here. So yeah, we'll, we might as well eat it. It's not like we're killing these things. Right. You know what I mean? We're not killing these flamingos or whatever kind of jerky we're eating. I, I don't, don't know. think it was flamingos. I don't think no. it was flamingo either. No, I've never heard of flamingo jerky. But if somebody came up to you with a piece of like Bigfoot jerky and said, hey, this is Bigfoot, would you take a bite of it? Hell no, I'd not take a bite of it. No, and if absolutely anybody, not. No, no these, don't eat Bigfoot. No, and it's this a bad is one idea. of those things that is so humanistic. And so you can, when you supposedly, from what people say, that have had these things in the sights of their rifles, when they have their guns pointed at them, they see the eyes and everything, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul. I was just telling somebody this the other day. If you're sitting there with this thing in your scope, and you're looking into the eyes of this creature and it's looking back at you. That's not something you should do. You sh I don't condone killing Bigfoot. I don't condone really killing most anything because you go. You can go to the supermarket and pretty much buy anything you need, right? You don't need to go out there and kill um, a deer and cut out a portion of it and leave the rest of it as remains. If you're going to kill one, by all means, do what the Native Americans did and use the entire deer. Absolutely. Right? Like if you're, if you're a hunter, eat that deer, eat every part of it, yes. and then take the bones and make weapons out of it and yes, stuff like and that. Use, and go kill more deer and eat them. Exactly. And yeah. use the bladder as a water sack and yeah, things like absolutely. that. Exactly absolutely. Exactly what they did. And it made a lot of sense back then. But if you're going to kill a Bigfoot for the sake of science... I don't need the science to know that these things exist, just like I don't need anybody to tell me that God exists by science. You know, that's something that you just live off of. You either believe that it exists or you don't. And I would not in a million years condone killing some sort of Bigfoot, some creature like that. I would not be any better about killing a Bigfoot than I would about a human being. And don't eat, don't give me no beef jerky. I mean, you can grill things right, too. Right, right. I'll eat but anything not, that's not grilled. Bigfoot. Right. No grilled Bigfoot. No grilled Bigfoot. 
Uh, you know, <laughs> not that that's probably going to happen anytime soon. But no. uh, keeping this in mind, Bigfoot. Now, there's a lot of stories. We could go on and on about this. But we're uh, about out of time for this area of discussion. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stories about Bigfoot. Some where he's, and most of them seem to be where he's friendly, where he's compassionate, where right. he's helped people. Yes. Uh, we've done a lot of Bigfoot expeditions. We've gone to places where there's been high uh, sightings of Bigfoot. Right. Uh, we got a lot of flack on the video, uh, on a lot of the videos, because um, we a little unorthodox with our methods, perhaps. We, we, we believe that starting a fire and playing music and making, you know, making some noise yeah. might bring them out of the curiosity. Yeah. We go through the woods and look for evidence of him. Yeah. Uh, we let Will hold a gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of our team members, uh, for those of you that haven't seen us before, and uh, he's pretty entertaining when he goes to shoot. And uh, we got some flack for that, but um, we certainly did. We have gone out to these places and and done some Bigfoot expeditions. Right. We love the cryptids. We're probably going to have another talk about Bigfoot before long because yes. there is so much more to go. Yes. Uh, now, if you are watching the video portion of this discussion, mm-hmm. please check out our podcast. It, as of now, it's on Spotify and Amazon, right. and it, it goes after the video cuts. We still have a discussion. Yes. You can listen at work. You can listen on your way to work. Absolutely. Um, you know, we hope to get people to maybe listen to us every once in a while and, yes. and tune into the podcast. Yes. And if you want to find out a little bit more about Bigfoot, there is a channel on YouTube that I watch regularly or that I listen to regularly. It's actually more of an audio file that is set to a little bit of video. Um, Dixie Cryptid. Uh, this guy there you go. receives letters and stories from all over the country about people who have witnessed Bigfoot, and there are some fascinating stories on here. Whether or not you believe they're real does not matter. It's pure entertainment. It's entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear one of these stories. Um, I retold one of these stories on the, I believe it was the Return to Hidden Valley, where we're sitting yes. around the campfire. And I talked about this woman who had broken her leg, and this Bigfoot came out of the darkness and 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 ended up peeing a circle. Yeah, he peed around her. He peed a circle around this lady, and she didn't know what he was doing at first, but then after a while she realized that it was actually as a protection. measure. A circle of protection. A ring yes. of Bigfoot urine around you will protect you from yes. uh, certain animals that are out there in the woods. Absolutely. Dixie yeah. Cryptids, we love you. We love you. <laughs> We do. Um, but uh, like I said, tune into our podcast and yes. uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Virginia Paranormal. Right. All right. Now, continuing on uh, with the discussion here, uh-huh. uh, let's talk about we're in the Bigfoot mode here. And, and when yes. I think about Bigfoot, one thing that I love about the Bigfoot expeditions is getting outdoors, getting camping. Oh, yeah. Because camping is next to paranormal investigation is my favorite thing. And when oh, you can combine yeah. the two, you've oh, got something yeah. there. You That's really do. Wonderful. Yes, yes. And uh, going out to Hidden Valley. Now, we, we what triggered this was some time ago, mm-hmm. we're driving back from an investigation out in the southwestern part of the state through right. the mountains. And on the side of the road, there's this little... Just a, a little overlook. It's not even really an overlook. There's a place to pull off. Uh-huh. And you can look out and just see endless mountains. Yeah. And the thought comes to mind, like, this is where Bigfoot is. You know, yeah, like, with absolutely. all this wilderness out here, Bigfoot could very well disappear off this grid where there's right. no cell phone signal, nothing. 
very, very few people come to visit and wander this oh, far yeah. out into the wilderness. Yes. It's easy to look out upon this and see that he could very well be out there. Something could very well hide yes, out there. Yeah. Absolutely. So this triggered us to say, hey, should we do a Bigfoot expedition? And yes. just just for fun, we put it out to our YouTube followers and uh, some of our Instagram followers and such, Virginia at Virginia Paranormal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a lot of people were like, yeah, if anyone could find Bigfoot, you guys can. Yeah. And, and we really appreciate that <laughs> yes. vote of confidence. Yes, we don't we necessarily do. believe that 100% that we can find him or we yeah. will in our lifetime. Yes. But it's the search. It's the fun. It is. So we look at places like yeah. where could Bigfoot be and, right. and where are there some Bigfoot sightings? And yeah. we find these wildlife management areas. Yeah, it was throughout just by Virginia. happenstance. As a matter yeah. of fact, I've done a ton of research. I'm kind of the researcher from for the group, and I had done tons of research in trying to figure out exactly where we could go. A lot of the national forests in Virginia prevent you from having a fire, especially out along the Appalachian Trail in the mountains. You can't have a fire at certain times of the year, and we definitely wanted to be able to have a fire because we want to be able to cook over the fire. But there were a lot of places that um, you could not do that, and uh, we were trying to find places we could go, and I just happened to stumble upon information about wildlife management areas in the state of Virginia, excuse me, I should say Commonwealth Virginia, and found out that you could camp in these locations if you have a hunting license or if you have a fishing license um, or you have a daily use license is what they call it. You can hunt in the, or you can go out there and fish or you can just simply camp. They call it primitive camping out there. You are out in the middle of nowhere. Um, a lot of these wildlife management areas are very rugged. Uh, very difficult land to navigate, and you basically walk out of this little parking area, and you're out in the middle of nowhere. And we tried to find one that we thought would work. We narrowed it down to three or four and finally found this hidden valley, and it was awesome. An amazing place. And oh, we, we, we get up so there, lucky. and we go up this road that just winds up the mountain, and, and video yes. cannot capture the way this road winds up this mountain. It's right. very... Uh, man, like, you know you're out there once you turn off the beaten path. And we get up to the top, and sure enough, there's rangers up there. And we're like, look, we're looking to go camp where there's basically nobody. Nobody. No one. And they said, look, just go down the end of this dirt road. You'll come to the lake. There'll be a little gravel lot there and just wander off into those woods. No yeah. one ever goes back there. So sure enough, we did. We backpacked around these woods for we the did. better part of a day. Yeah. And uh, found the perfect campsite. Yes. We really did. And, and it's amazing because you're up there in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's no no one around you, no one camping around you. And when sun right. goes down, you're just in the woods. Yeah. A little fire ring that we built ourselves. We built this camp ourselves. Yes. And it was on the side of a, a little mountain. So there was a, you know, a hill behind us that kind of blocked the wind. Yes. And it kind of curved around with this little stream running down below in the lake about a half a mile walk down the hill. Yeah, not very far at all. No, no, but it was perfect because we would sit up there around the campfire and eat yeah. food and uh, make coffee and do some Bigfoot calls. That's exactly right. And I, I remember trying to go do this for the first time. I was actually very nervous about it. And I have to admit you know, I I grew up in the country, but when uh, as I got older, the area started growing. 
Um, so it became the suburbs. And being from the suburbs and never having gone out camping in a very remote location everywhere we went and camped as kids was always a campground. And the idea of going out there in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night where nobody else is around you, you have a very small party of people with you, um, was a little bit unnerving. And when we met these rangers, I remember asking them, so when's the last time that a hunter actually accidentally killed somebody? And they really put some thought into it. I have to say, they were trying to think of the last time. And they they kind of, oh, well, that wasn't near here. And that the last time was quite far away. And I really felt better about the whole situation. But hit Valley is perfect because you're no more than a half a mile away from the parking lot and from your car. But yet when you get up into this campsite, you're you feel like you are out in the middle of nowhere. And you feel like if you screamed, really nobody would hear you. That's right. That's right. And we got really into it. We got the we backpacks did. and all the camping stuff. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. luckily I I you know, the ghost tours that I give down in Yorktown were able to fund it. Yes. Um, because that's where we get our funding from. We, we pay for everything out of pocket. Like, even when we yeah. do the investigations, go out to people's houses, and no one ever gives us a dime. We don't accept any money. Right. Um, so people are like, how do you afford all that travel and food and everything? And, yeah. Um, you know, luckily, the, the ghost walks pay for our gas and lodging at the right. very least. Now, I have to say, there has been a couple of times when people have tried to offer us money, mm -hmm. and we have taken it, you know, for the sake of donations and paying right. for gas and things of that nature. There's but, been very few and far yeah, between. Yeah, few and far between. Um, so, you know, it's nice to find a place where you can camp for free. Yes, yes, that's right. And um, one thing we learned, too, in doing this research is that some people, and we tried this, will use deer calls. Right. They'll use a deer call thing. A buck call. A buck call. Uh, to try to lure Bigfoot out right. because he, you know, apparently goes after deer. Some people have seen him chasing deer and eating yes. deer. and Chasing him down. Yeah. yeah. So we tried that. We, we didn't have any signs of Bigfoot when we were up there the first time. No, no. Except for some strange things that were happening around us. Yes. And we came to wonder, are these woods indeed haunted? Uh, we're sitting there around the campfire. And we're thinking at this point at three in the morning, like, okay, if anyone comes around here, they're probably not anyone we want to run into. Right. Maybe we should have somebody posted guard. Yes. We had our shotgun. We had our sidearms with us. <laughs> yeah. We, we carry guns. Right. Uh, to kind of tell you what kind of people we are, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we have guns safe, a safe lot. Safe people. Safe people. And, um, you know, we're, we're thinking, like, we all go to bed at once. Like, that might be a bad idea. Right. But Maybe we ought to leave somebody standing post. Yeah. To make it worse is we're sitting around the fire there, right up the hill from our campsite. You hear these voices. Yeah. It's almost like a, like talking, like, like a whistling, like songs being sung. Multiple people speaking all yeah. of the, you know, to each other, almost like a group of people having a conversation. Like there was an entire camp up there. Yes. And we thought maybe it was hunters. Right, right. And until the next time we were there, we went, or we did a return to Hidden Valley, and that mm -hmm. was the one where Will shot bad. Right. Uh, we <laughs> we did a return to Hidden Valley and uh, went up there and explored that entire area. Right. There is nothing up there. There's no way to get there. There's no, no way other than All right through our campsite. All the roads are blocked campsite. off. Yeah. 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 So there was we, no we way started to wonder, like, we came out here looking for Bigfoot. 
did we indeed find ghosts? Yes. Well, Linda, you found out some interesting information later on. I did. As a matter of fact, we had another um, investigation that was out in Russell County, Virginia, which is way out in the western part of the state. And this was a fascinating investigation. Um, I have to say a shout out. Um, you know, she was out there. Um, we love this woman. She's out there. And she had this family land, okay, that was in her family for 100 years or more. And very remote piece of land. We went out to investigate this land because she said that not only did she have paranormal activity in the sense of ghosts, but she was also seeing and experiencing things out there that were maybe more akin to Bigfoot. So we go out there to this little town. I don't even remember the name of the town, but basically the town was comprised of a couple of houses and one convenience store. We met them in the parking lot of the convenience store and continued off into the wilderness. And this was probably a 30-minute drive at least up into the mountains. It started out as a paved road, turned into a dirt road, eventually turned into a dirt road that was grown up with grass. We're driving through this thing in a Ford Escape, if you know that's a very small SUV, and eventually got out to this this campsite. We weren't sure we were going to make it, at least not alive. Eventually got out to this, this campsite. An important dimension. It was like a 2018 Ford Escape. So it wasn't like the right. off-road model that they no. may have made years ago. No, this was just a normal, like, you know, like suburban 2.5 kids family sort of SUV, you know? And it was not by any means something that was off-road. And it really did prompt us to actually go out and get the Ford Ranger. Uh, the 4x4 Ford Ranger that we have now. But, um, you know, not to get off on a sidetrack, we get up on this um, on this piece of land and we're sitting out there late at night. We'd done some investigation. This piece of land had uh, some family burial sites on it that she said she thought were pretty haunted and um, that she'd experienced some crazy things out there camping late at night. Yeah, and this was interesting because we did the wood knocks where yeah. we took a piece of wood and banged on the side of a tree really loud. And there were some strange sounds that we heard out in those woods. They could have been yes. some kind of night fowl or something, but whatever no. they were, there was a bunch of them. It was not night fowl. No. And then we hear these drums. Yeah. We're like, what are those drums? Sounded and like she said, that's drums. the Native Americans. They, you right. hear Native American drums out here. Yes. And she was part Cherokee herself. Um, and she'd been camping on that land for many years. She knew the actual wildlife that lived in that area. And knew that the sounds that we were hearing could not be associated with any particular species of animal out there. And that's what made it the most interesting because we believe what she said. We believe that she really indeed did not know what these, these sounds were being made from. And it sounded like a group, like multiple creatures, all at once sort of howling, yelling, calling, uh, right directly after one of the wood knocks. And that was pretty fascinating. But she told us a story that night. And we had told her that we went out to Hidden Valley Wildlife Management Area, which was nearby. We told her about the camping expedition. And she said, hey, when I was a teenager and I was in high school, we used to go out to Hidden Valley and we used to swim in the lake, Hidden Valley Lake that's out there. And I said, oh, really? And she says, yeah. She said, as a matter of fact, a great many teenagers died in that lake. And of course, my ears perked up and I was like, 
are you, like, are you serious? She said that because this was a dammed up man-made lake, it had one of those things that's at one end of the lake, it's like a grate that's underwater in one end of the an end of the lake. Right, it was like the intake down at the end. Yes, yeah. that filters the water through. And she said kids would dive down too close to that thing and would get sucked up against that grate. And the force of the pumps drawing the water through that grate would keep the body stuck up against that grate and they would drown. And multiple kids yeah, had drowned sad. out there. That's sad. But there's yes. a lot of places like that. And, and they believed it to be haunted. She did mention that. She right? did. She, she even contacted me later on and said she thought yeah. somebody had told her about a cryptid. That was up there oh, a well. cryptid too. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting, and and there's a lot of places like that where people have drowned. Uh, there's one in in Delaware where I'm from, not far from the Brandywine Valley. Uh, it's a love that place. Yeah, yeah, and it's a uh, reservoir that apparently a lot of people drowned in, and people see ghosts out there and stuff at yes. night. Yes. Which is it's interesting because uh, Hidden Valley is the same sort of a thing, and man. You know, it's such a sad thing, uh, right. you know, for somebody to 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 drown, to go yeah. that way. Lose a family member, yes. But, it, you know, especially so young. But it's it's also a, a possibility that leads to it being haunted. And perhaps it does. went out there looking for go- for Bigfoot yes. and found ghosts. And um, we're usually looking for ghosts. We really are. Yeah. But the Bigfoot expeditions, they're wonderful. They really are. And there's so many campgrounds and so many places to camp. We're going to get into this a little more this uh, spring. Right. We're going to get out there and, and block out some time every other month at least for a Bigfoot expedition. Oh, we have to. We're going to look for the Dog Man. Oh, yeah. We had a place booked for Dog Man, but as everyone says, COVID. COVID. So we weren't able to go out <laughs> and look for Dog Man because yeah. apparently uh, one, and this was a, a forest in pennsylvania that right. it was the only campsite like in the entire forest like state forest or national yeah forest. and it's it's not uh social distancing enough apparently to go out there and, and camp in the middle of nowhere right away from everybody so yeah, they perhaps, closed it perhaps they're afraid that you're going to give covid to the bigfoot perhaps or to the I, dog i wonder man. if you'd see bigfoot if he was wearing a covid mask <laughs> i don't that think would be so <laughs> <laughs> that would be something uh, that you would know? be I mean, something they keep up with the times you don't know yeah. But a lot of these places where they are seen, they're off the grid. Yeah. Uh, I am open to the possibility. I would not be surprised if somebody came up with hard evidence tomorrow about Bigfoot. Right. I would not be surprised. But I'm the kind of person that not a lot would surprise me. Exactly. If somebody came back and was like, hey, I was out in an expedition to the Amazon and I found proof that unicorns are out there. Like, okay, I'm not surprised. No, no, no. Well, I'm surprised they're in the Amazon. But the, Right. I was going to really say that. Yes, I would be yeah. very surprised if they were found in the Amazon. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank you for, for joining us. Uh, it's been fun sitting here talking about Bigfoot, and we could just go on for hours and hours and hours. We really could. But uh, unfortunately, some people would probably get bored. And uh, I know, and I'm kind of sad it's ending. Me I'll, too. I want to keep me going. Me too. <laughs> but tune in every week here on our podcast. Uh, yes. We'll have a question of the week, and then we'll have a discussion afterwards. Mm-hmm. Make sure you check out our videos. We do, when we're not sitting here at the pub table uh, talking about random stuff, yeah, we're out there <laughs> doing investigations, and we're so busy that yeah, you know, um, our nights are basically consumed with returning phone calls and booking cases. Right. So check out our videos because we give you the real deal. It's not entertainment factor. It's not shock factor. It's the real thing. It's That's what, absolutely it's, right. It's the investigation not being filmed by a camera crew, being recorded by us while we're there, debriefed while we're there, 
and honestly showing you what we found or what we didn't find. Yes, we are not Zach Baggins, is that, if that's how you pronounce his last name. Now he has the entertainment and value in his in his shows and his videos. Right, right. Uh, we are not doing that. Okay, a lot of people when they watch our videos, they really expect us to kind of have that shock value right. and, and that sort of jumping at every and we don't every have noise. It. If we did, I may not no. have to have a day job. No, exactly. Because people love that stuff. They, they really do. They, they really, really do. do. <laughs> but we're not out there for that. We're out there to actually show people what a true investigation is really about. Um, what people who have their heads screwed on straight and are out there investigating in the field and keeping an open mind. Right, and right. not jumping at every little sound. Uh, what it's really like to be out there in the field. That's right. That's right. But check out the Paranormal Pub Table. Absolutely. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram at the Paranormal Pub Table. Yep. Or it might just be Paranormal Pub Table. I should know that before We're I say We're not real it. sure. <laughs> but uh, YouTube, Virginia Paranormal. Try and both. we hope to hear from you. We hope to hear your thoughts on, do you think Bigfoot is real? Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Linda. And thank you for joining us at the Paranormal Pub Table, where we always talk about the paranormal at a pub table.